Welcome to the Landmark Apostolic Church's podcast. If you haven't gotten to know him and his full gospel message according to Acts chapter 2 verse 38, then let me tell you that there is more to Jesus than what meets the eye. We've got to know him in the power of his resurrection. We've got to know him in the fullness of his glory. We've got to see Jesus as more than just a man or a prophet or a teacher, but he was God made known in the flesh. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Grab your Bibles today. I want to get into the word of the Lord. Turn with me, if you would, to John chapter 14, verse 1. Beautiful portion of scripture. Jesus is speaking to his disciples here. And he says, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. For in my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And he wasn't just talking about his disciples that were in the sound of his voice that day. He was saying that for you and for me. Say it's for me. The place that Jesus is preparing is for me. (laughs) Praise the Lord. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, there ye may be also. Amen. I want to go. I want to go to the place that's been prepared for me. I want to make heaven my home. And whither I go, ye know, and the way ye know. Here comes Thomas. He asked this question. He said, Lord, we know not whither thou goest. How can we know the way? Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. If ye had known me, ye should have known my Father also. And from henceforth ye know him, and have seen him. Philip saith unto him, Lord, show us the Father, and it suffices us. Show us the Father, and I'll be satisfied. If I have to get to the Father to make it to heaven, and you're the way to him, show us the Father, and I'll be satisfied. I'm in. You've sold me. Just tell me what I need to do. And Jesus says unto Philip, Have I been so long time with you, and yet hast thou not known me, Philip? He that hath seen me hath seen the Father, and how sayest thou then, Show us the Father? Amen. Jesus was saying, There's more to me than what meets the the average man's eye. Philip, you've been with me a while now, but you still don't have the full complexity of who I really am. You've walked with me, you've been with me, but Philip, I'm more than just a man. I'm more than just a man. 
And that is my title today. You may be seated. God bless you. I want to show you something that's become very important to me. It's actually started a little thing uh, that's become a, a part of my life. I, I, I even uh, did a post on social media not too long, and I pulled all of the different uh, coffee cups out. And this is the one that started it all. Uh, some of you may recognize this. I don't know uh, because I'm going to talk about two different men today, and they're both named Philip. Uh, one we read about in our text, and the other one is a bit more familiar to some of you that maybe knew the man while he still lived on this earth. I know very, very well that he means uh, a lot to some of you because his children and his grandchildren and even his great-grandchildren are sitting on our pews today. The second Philip I want to speak to you about is a man by the name of Philip Upschulte. Uh, I got to meet Philip uh, uh, several years ago, and uh, he was in his older age, retired by this point, and we began to go around and uh, pay uh, periodic visits to him and his wife and just enjoy their company, and they were pretty much homebound, and uh, he didn't get out too much. He was suffering from some ailments at the time that I got to know him, and uh, eventually uh, uh, his life came to an end. This coffee cup belonged to Philip Upschulte, and it really is just a simple coffee cup with a rooster on it. I bought it at one of our church yard sales. He probably had dozens of them, but when I found out it was his, I wanted it. Now, if you'll take a close look at it, you can tell that uh, it fell. It had a little accident. It's got some cracks in it. But by the time that, that it was broken, it, um, it meant a lot to me at that point. And it represented a man who I had uh, come to know a little bit, but not in his entirety. This cup is kind of a, um, a reminder to me of a lesson that I learned in this life uh, about some things. And I'll get into that a little bit. This coffee cup was so important to me that I picked up all the pieces after it was shattered. And I began to very uh, carefully put it back together with the best glue that I could find that would work. And, and I even tried to drink coffee out of it. It's, it was, became my favorite coffee mug, and I would drink out of it every morning. And as some of you know, uh, the coffee mugs in, in my life that have been given to me by different people that are very special, some of them no longer are alive today, uh, have become a little uh, routine in my everyday morning coffee drinking experience. How many like coffee here today? Does not coffee taste better out of a glass cup? Okay. I think it does too. I don't want it out of a styrofoam cup. If I got a, if I got a, and it tastes even better out of a coffee cup that means something to me. My wife has uh, really nice coffee cups that are in our cupboards that when we have guests over, she pulls out all the matching coffee cups and she'll hand those out. And, uh, but I will usually go to the, to the cupboard and I will pull out one of mine. She may force me to try to drink, drink out of the nice coffee cup so that everything matches, but, but I rebel against her, uh, maternal authority in our home every once in a while. Uh, and she doesn't really, uh, give me too much grief about it because she's come to realize how important these are to me. And behind these coffee cups are stories. And this coffee cup here has a story behind it. It's very significant to me because it reminds me of a man that was greater in many ways than I ever expected that he would be. Someone that I wish that I had been able to glean more from than I did. 
This cup reminds me of a lesson that I learned about the importance of asking not just any question, but asking the right questions. You know, have you ever had somebody that just is full of questions? And they just, they want to know this and they want to know that. And I don't have a problem at all answering, answering questions that, that have relevance. But I don't want to a- answer a bunch of foolhardy questions uh, about things that are trivial and insignificant. I would rather, if I was going to be questioned by somebody, for them to question me about something that is important to me. Question me about something that is important to the world or something that is important to humanity or something about what uh, the, the Word of God. I, I, w- I would much rather hear those important questions. And, and, and I was sitting with uh, Philip Upschulte never realizing that this elderly gentleman that I was conversing with had this full life that went way beyond the grasp of my comprehension. I was sitting with a man that had done things. I was sitting with a man that that had been important. And when I knew him, when I came to know Philip, he was just a few years away from the end of his life. And when we spoke, it would be about what kind of coffee he, he liked. Uh, because I was just pulling stuff out of the hat, you know. I didn't really know the guy that much. And, and I would say, what kind of coffee is this? This is really good coffee. And he was like, uh, I think it's great value, you know. <laughs> Nothing special here, you know. He wasn't that kind of guy. He wasn't, you know, a high hobnobber or had to have the best of everything. Uh, we just began to talk about simple things that I never would have dreamed as I sat there that there was so much more beneath the surface of that elderly man's wrinkles and his white hair so much to him most veterans never seek the spotlight and he was a American veteran they never seek the spotlight or see themselves as incredible human beings. But the veteran, in my opinion, is more than just your average man or average woman. For they have learned to sacrifice as few do. They've learned to put uh, uh, priorities and value upon things even when others stomp all over those important things. They're willing to sacrifice in areas in order for us to have things that we might otherwise never have. You see, Philip Upschulte served in the Marines for 35 years. He was a military officer. He was chief of staff for John Glenn out in our fellowship hall here. Typically, I'll bring it out on Veterans Day. I decided to leave it back there and let you uh, take a look at it later on if you've never seen it before. If you're new to our church and and you are a veteran, it, I'll tell you right now, it's one of my most prized possessions. Years ago, I, I began rummaging around when I came pastor of this church and up in the office, I pulled out of this box an old flag that had been folded into a triangle. And in that box was that flag along with a, a, a laminated, uh, um, certificate that that flag had been flown over the United States Capitol. Pretty important place, place I've never been. But that, that flag had been flown over the United States Capitol in honor of this very church that you're sitting in today. I began to question, how did we get this flag? I, I, where did this flag come from? And, and, and I never realized until after uh, Philip Upschulte had passed away that that flag had been flown uh, over the United States Capitol in honor of Landmark Apostolic Church at the request of Senator John Glenn. 
Well, we now know where the connection lies because Philip Upshulte served as chief of staff for that very senator, that great man, that man that has a name that is renowned, John Glenn. He was also the assistant secretary to the Air Force. He worked for the United States Senate. He worked in the Pentagon. He was involved in things that were historical, and yet I missed it because I failed to realize who it was that I was sitting next to, whose presence I was in the midst of. I missed hearing those stories from the very man's mouth who lived it out for himself and because of that I will always be sorry that I did not get to know that there was more to this man than what met the eye that's why this coffee cup you can see the cracks and the crevices you can no longer drink coffee out of it believe me I've tried and had hot coffee run down my chin through the cracks that are not quite sealed on this coffee cup and so this coffee cup sets alone and the others that I drink out of uh, are in our cupboard and by the way when I drink out of your coffee cup that you have given to me I say a special prayer for you I pray for this church family every day but I am brought to remembrance those that have honored me by bringing them a coffee cup and if they pass on if that then I pray for the family that is still alive today on this earth I give them special attention that day and I rotate those coffee cups out and this one sits alone in my office because it's no longer usable to drink my morning coffee out of but it is a very uh, usable reminder that I always want to get to know beyond the superficial things of a person I don't ever want to get to the place where I don't ask the questions that are pertinent to knowing more than just the man. Never once when I walked over there did he make me stand at attention. If he would have said it, I would have. I would have honored him in that way. Never once did he say, why can't we talk about something more important? He never said anything along the lines of, don't you know who I am? Don't you know what I've done? Until the day he passed away and I began to do some research and I pulled his name up on the internet and all of a sudden things were flooded on the internet and I began to find out that there was more to this man than what met the eye. But I didn't ask the right questions. It wasn't that I couldn't have known him. It wasn't that he was hiding it from me. He was simply answering the question that I posed to him. What a terrible mistake to be so close and miss out. I'm sure he was not a perfect man. I'm sure he made mistakes as all men do. But in his life on this earth, And in his service to his country, he did some amazing things. In John chapter 14, I flip over to the Philip that was there as it's being written by John. He comes close to making the same mistake. Let me set the picture for you a little bit. They've just finished the Last Supper. They've just eaten her last meal with Jesus. Judas 
is on his way to betray Jesus for the silver that he's been promised. And Jesus begins to talk about something that maybe they've never picked up quite so much before, but but he's speaking about departing and leaving them behind. Peter speaks up as he was wont to do. He says, I'll follow you even if it costs my, my life. And Jesus, in my own words, says, oh, really? Really, Peter? You think you know me? You think you know me because you've been with me for a while and you've seen some things that I've done. But Peter, you don't know me in the way that you really need to know me yet. You think that you know me, but Peter, you haven't asked the right question just yet. You're just going on emotion right now. You're just going on what you think that you know about me. But Peter, you have yet to ask the important question. You think you know me, but you don't know me in my fullness just yet. Because before the, the, the rooster crows one time, you're going to deny that you ever knew me three times. How could a man that was so close to Jesus Christ, how could a man that had watched him heal the, the blind and, and, and make the lame to walk and feed the thousands with two fish and some loaves of bread, how could the man that had been there still not know who Jesus Christ was in his fullness? I'll tell you why. Because we have to ask the right questions. And sometimes we don't like asking the right questions because we would rather stick our head in the sand and not be liable. But Jesus said, there was a day that I weeped at a thing called ignorance. There was a day when I didn't hold accountable people that didn't quite know everything. But those days are past. We must ask the proper question. We must get to know Jesus Christ as more than just being a man. He has to become our Savior. He has to become everything to us. The disciples are all of a sudden feeling a little shaky about things. Hold on a second. Whoa, 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 wait, 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 wait. wait. You're going to leave? Jesus calms them down and says, don't be troubled with what I've just said. And he starts saying some very serious comments about who he is. It's now or never. The end of his life on earth is rapidly approaching. He's not very far away from Judas leading those soldiers into the garden. He's not very far away from being separated from those that he has brought in close to him and trained. But he's also not very far away from what Jesus said was the promise that was going to come. The whole purpose for his being in existence. He says, don't forget the mansions that are being prepared. He said, I, I'm leaving, but I, I'm coming back for you. Don't you forget that. 
He tells him, he looks him in the eye and he says, you know the way. And Thomas replies, how can we know the way if we don't know where you're even going? How can we know the way if we don't know where it is that you're going and you're leaving us and we're not going to be able to follow you anymore? And Jesus looks at Thomas and he says, I am the way. Yes, yes, I am the truth. I'm the life. And I'm the only way to the Father. And then he says the words that sting just a little bit. He says, if ye had known me. What do you mean? What do you mean if we had known you? We know who you are. We know where you came from. We, we, we've seen you do miracles. We've walked with you. We've been right by your side through thick and thin. We've, we've been there and we, we watched Judas as he went out of here. We didn't maybe understand what was taking place, but, but we, we know that, that there's something going on here. And now you're telling us that you're going to leave and, and we're, and you're telling us that you're the way, but you're also telling us that, that we don't even know who you are. If ye had known me, what does that even mean? It is possible to know Him without really getting to know Him. I knew Him, but I didn't really know Him. I knew the superficial things. I knew the man that was retired and living with his wife in an apartment down a few blocks away from here that I would visit and have pleasant conversation with. I knew that I admired him because I understood that that he had once served in, uh, in the military as a Marine. Uh, I knew that there were things about him, but I didn't really know him. And there are so many people, Brother Jones, so many people in this world That know Jesus, but they don't really know Him. They don't know Him in the fullness of His glory. It is possible to be next to Him without ever getting to know Him in the fullness of His power, in the fullness of His authority. But thank you, Philip, for asking the question. Some people are afraid to ask because they don't really want to hear the answer. But not Philip. Philip said, if it's mansions that are waiting and you've prepared them for me and the only way to get to the Father is through you, then I'm not afraid to ask the tough question even if it means sacrifice on my part, even if it means a change of lifestyle on my part, even if it means making a commitment that I never dreamed I would make because heaven is too important for me not to ask the right questions when Jesus Christ is there in my midst. Philip dives right in and he says, well, let's meet him then if that's our ticket. I'm sold. I'm in. There. You've shown us how to love. Jesus, you've shown us great miracles. You've shown us all kinds of things that we, things that we never dreamed that we would see. Show us the Father. Show us the Father. If it's within your power, show us the Father. 
I would love to see him because uh, they knew the scriptures uh, that God is a spirit. No man has seen God. That's what the Bible says. But he's saying, you're telling me that you can show us the Father? You're telling me that we can actually see the Father? We're the 12 that are right here with you. You're going to show us the Father? That would be amazing. That would be incredible. Jesus lowers the boom when he says, I've been right here with you this long and you still don't see it. You've been rubbing shoulders with me. We've been breaking bread together. We've walked this land together. We've suffered and we've rejoiced together. We have, you saw me when I took the money changers and threw them out of the temple and told them to clean up this place. This is a house of prayer. You've seen, you've seen when I have healed and you've seen when I've walked on water and you've seen me calm storms. You've seen me do all these things and still you don't understand who I am. I'm more than just a man, Philip. I'm more than just a prophet. I'm more than just a teacher. And Philip, if you're looking to see the Father, all you have to do is look at me. Because when you look at me, you're seeing Him. John 10 and 30 records it. I and my Father are one. I and my Father are one. 1 Timothy 3.16 says, and without controversy. That means without argument. We're not, this is not up for debate is what, is what Paul is writing to Timothy. He said that, I know there's going to be people that try to dilute it. I know there's, there's people that are going to try to change it, but without controversy, without arguing, this is not up for debate. We're not going to dispute this. This is the way it is. Great is the mystery of godliness. And what was that mystery? That mystery was that God was manifested in the flesh and that word manifested means made known God wrapped himself in a human fleshly body because the spirit cannot die it needed a fleshly man to be an ultimate sacrifice we've got to know him in the power of his resurrection we've got to know him in the fullness of his glory we've got to see Jesus as more than just a man or a prophet or a teacher but he was God made known in the flesh amen he was also seen of angels justified in the spirit unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, and received up into glory. And they watched him as he was received because they stood there as he told them, go and tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with power. Would our music come today? If you don't know him in the fullness of his glory, if you haven't gotten to know him and his full gospel message according to Acts chapter 2 verse 38, then let me tell you that there is more to Jesus than what meets the eye. If you've simply shook a preacher's hand or signed a, a, a card, a, a membership role, a card to become a part of a, of a church somewhere and that, that person has told you that you're now saved, amen, let me tell you there's more to Jesus than just a one part. There's more to him than just believing. Because Jesus said, He that believeth on me as the Scripture has said. Yeah. Amen. He knew that there was more to him than just shaking a hand of a preacher. He knew that there was more than just believing him, but there had to be some action taken on the place of humanity. It's not that we can't know him. 
But the right question has to be asked. What a tragedy it would be It hurts my heart when I think about the, the stories that I could have heard and what I missed out of. And the conversations that we could have had over the few years that I got to know him. He could have told me firsthand about his many adventures and the people that he sat next to and the people that he, he served with. He could have told me firsthand those stories, but, but I was this close and I missed it. But an even greater tragedy than that is to come to a service and hear a message like you're hearing this morning about the salvation plan and the one who paid it and walked out of here and God come back for His people and capture them out of this world and miss it. To have been this close. Nicodemus Ask the question, how can a man be born again? Are you saying it's impossible, Jesus? You tell me that I've snuck in during the nighttime to have a conversation with you because I believe that, that you're a great prophet and great teacher because no man can do what you do without having God with him. Nicodemus saw Jesus as, as something but he didn't understand exactly what, who he was. And he began to ask the questions. You're telling me I have to be born twice? I have to be born again? How can I be born again? Can a man go back into his mother's womb and be born again a second time? You know, there's often times when we're in conversation, we just play, play the game, we just play along. They say something we don't quite understand and we just, I don't want to feel stupid. So I just nod my head and say, oh yeah, I, I hear you. I was in a conversation not too long ago. This guy started talking about computer stuff and this and that. And I, I had to, I know my eyes glazed over, but I, I just kept nodding my head like I knew everything he was saying. I got nothing from that conversation. You know why? Because I didn't ask any questions. I didn't say, now, now why? You know why I didn't ask any questions? Because I really wasn't interested. really wasn't interested. Where do your interests lie today? Are your interests simply with what's before you, with what's in this world, with what is material? Because the Word of God says that everything that is here is going to one day pass away. It's all finite, my friend. Don't be afraid to ask the question. Jesus told him, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God because that which is born of the flesh is flesh and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. He said, so don't, don't be shocked that I'm telling you that you have to be born again. It's not a natural birth, it's a spiritual birth. And I'm going to make it possible for everybody to be born again. come into this world with a choice we're born a first time and we know that we will die eventually 
something we don't like to think about, we don't like to talk about, because we want to hang on to this life. But I've come to realize something, that we have a choice. We can either be born twice, or we can die twice. Because there is a second death. Revelations tells us, chapter 21, verse 8, but the fearful and the unbelieving the abominable and the murderers and the whoremongers and the sorcerers and the idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone which is the second death it was the whole plan of why Jesus came so that we never had to taste of the second death I had a scripture in my studies just jump out at me as it has never done before. It's found in Hebrews chapter 9, verse 26 and 7. For then must he often have suffered since the foundation of the world. But now once in the end of the world hath he appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. Who is this talking about? It's talking about Jesus. Where is it talking about? It's talking about Calvary. That he would have to sacrifice once to put away sin by the sacrifice of his own flesh and blood. And verse 27 says, And as it is appointed unto men, that word appointed means decided beforehand. Ever since the fall of Adam and Eve, it has been appointed unto man once to die. does not say that it is God's will for you to be a part of the second death. It's appointed unto man. It's already been decided from that point that we are to die one time. We don't have to die the second death. So our choice today is to either be born once in the natural and then die a natural death and then be a part of that second death which is eternal or we can because of Jesus Christ and his sacrifice be born naturally and then be born spiritually and only have to die the first death and after that after that we'll never taste the sting of death ever again it's not God's plan. But you have to ask the question today, where am I? What must I do? That's what they ask in Acts chapter 2. Peter stood and he preached the very first apostolic message and it convicted them in their heart as I'm hoping that this message is convicting some today to, to get yourself, put your life in perspective and ask yourself the question, I'm here, right here, right now. I'm living this life, but what happens next? What must I do in order to inherit eternal life? Ask the question. Because if you'll ask the right question, you'll receive the right answer. You must be born of 
your spirit. Would you stand with me today? says that hell was not prepared for us. Hell was never intended for humanity. It was prepared for Satan, that one third of the angels that followed him and his lies. It wasn't meant for you. It's only meant for you to die once. Jesus Christ created the plan of salvation so that you would only have to taste the first death. And after that, the judgment. I want to open these altars to you today because I feel that there are some folks in here that have had some questions that maybe you've been asking yourself answered today. There is an afterlife, but there's not a whole lot of choices. The choices that we make while we're on this earth determine where we will spend all of eternity. It's not a popular message today because people like options. And Jesus came to give you options because there was no options prior. But you have to ask the question today. Where do you stand? Do you really know Him or do you just know about Him? Are you going to go someplace at the end of this life and wish that you had taken more time to get to know who Jesus Christ was? Are you, will you make a difficult choice today but a great choice to get to know Him better? He wants to know you. Thank you for listening to the Landmark Apostolic Church Podcast. You can follow this podcast for more great episodes from the Landmark family. If you are ever in our area, our doors are open on Sundays at 10 a.m. and Wednesday at 7 p.m. Thank you once again for listening to the Landmark Apostolic Church's podcast. God bless.